Hello, everybody. Welcome to the SideQuest Podcast. My name is Luke. And I'm BJ. And, uh, well, we got a Switch Pro. Kind of. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> Looks more like a Wii U Pro, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, today uh, we're mainly going to be talking about the Steam Deck uh, that's been announced. Uh, I think we've got some things to say on it, uh, but and we've got a couple more news stories one of which a game has been in development for eight long years and still hasn't come out. Um, some rumors regarding uh, DLC for Cyberpunk. And uh, just one more thing I threw in there for fun. But uh, before that, hey BJ, what you been playing? Uh, mostly, I've been playing a lot of Cyberpunk still. Um, last night, I got... The last thing that I did was I got to the mission where um, Johnny wants to speak to Rogue directly. So that was a pretty fun time. Uh, he just kind of took the body out for a joyride and fucked V's stomach up. I was going to say, like, that entire thing was just like a... I was literally, like, controller down, like, all right, cool. <laughs> Except for when it got to the drink part, I was like, yes, yeah, slam them. But uh, he, like, tries to fuck a stripper and crashes a car and it's a whole thing. Um, but I've been playing a lot of that and then a lot of Monster Hunter Stories too. Is it good? Because I've really, I've, I've been very interested, but I didn't like the first one. So it's, it's a simpler RPG, but it's good. I like it. The art style and uh, voice acting is really good on the Switch. Um, and also, like the grind that you can do to get better monsters is really fun. Like the whole searching monster dens and everything. It's kind of like how I wish um, Dynamax raids would be in a single-player Pokemon game. Where you have to actually go in there, you know, search the nest for this monster, and then dig through its nest to hopefully find a good egg. Um, it's really rewarding when you do. And uh, the story so far has been serviceable. Not like, you know, fucking Shakespeare, but... It's, it's just kind of a generic, hey, we're going to capture monsters kind of story. Yeah, basically. It's better than, like, Dragon Quest monsters, at least. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's good. I just want to quick sorry to people. My mic is bugging me, so I'm trying to get comfy. You got to unscrew it from the bottom and then turn the top. I know. Part. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I think we should do that. All right. Well, uh, anything else? Or? It's mostly just been those two. I haven't even really been grinding Fortnite, even though I need Superman when he comes out. So. I haven't. I don't, I don't think I've actually bugged about it. Still. Like, I haven't touched Fortnite since the new season came out, and I'm like, cool, and just dipped. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do with Fortnite a lot. It's just like, if I go in with, with like, oh, that's cool, and I'll play for a bit and then jump back out. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't be as interested in this season without, you know, Superman being included. And Rick. Yeah, Rick's okay. The model is kind of weird because I'm mostly playing it on Switch, but, like, yeah. it's cool. So, Well, do we want to get in our first news story, then? You didn't say what you've been playing, doll. Oh, right. I'm... <laughs> It's been a week, alright? Shut up. <laughs> uh, so I have been... Uh, I'm doing the same thing I did with the Assassin's Creed series, but now with the Yakuza series. Uh, I just beat Zero, uh, and I've started to write out a bunch of notes about it, but nice. now I'm playing Kiwami, which is the remake of the first one. They're great games. Like, Jesus Christ, they're great games. I, uh... 
I'm so with Yakuza, all those games for the most part, like I've beaten Zero before, but I've started Kiwami one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've never played three through five. I've started six, Me too. and then I've beaten like a dragon. And then Judgment, I have st- I've beaten most of it, but I, I, I've gotten to the point where most of the mystery is already solved, so I know the ending, but I just never beat it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of going back, and I just want to play through them because I've heard I've heard good things about four and five specifically in the series, because uh, that's when they started to go. Here's multiple protagonists have fun, and they did a good job because like at that point you're like, oh, the game feels better because you have different characters with an intertwining story, and you don't get tired of the same shit over and over again because yeah. each especially four on I think each character gets their own things they can do on the side like in four character named Saijima he's wanted by the police so he can't go to a karaoke bar mm-hmm. so it's like well here's things he could do and so it's all like underground fighting and training in a dojo it's like really cool I like you that. have uh, Akiyama who's like this kind of sleazy he's always going to hostess clubs and like karaoke with girls and shit and then you have one who's like a detective. Then you have Kiryu. So like, they they actually like made these characters different from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all from looking at stuff. I still haven't played for. So there's that. I don't know the story. I don't know anything about it. Just all right. Detective Kiryu, Akiyama, who's a loan shark, I think, and then Saijin. Mm-hmm. And so that's all I got for four. I think the Lone Shark guy shows up in 6, doesn't he? Akiyama is a a constant after 4. Okay, yeah, because I I remember running across him after my uh, whiskey-addled opening to that game. uh, Akiyama is usually the dude with the longer hair and a red suit. uh, He's playable in 4 and 5, and I think just... 6 is only Kiryu, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Because they were like, it's his last big adventure, give him the whole game. I'm Mm -hmm. like, cool. But uh, Zero's great because they, man, they made, like, they already took the fan favorite character of Majima and said, hey, but what if, what if there was a lot of depth to him? And yeah. I'm like, shit. It was really good. It was actually very solid. Uh, I love that game. I spent way too many hours in the Hostess Club minigame, uh, like, doing that. I, I played way too much Pocket Racer. Uh, and then the, uh, the entire, like, real estate management system. <laughs> the game has a lot of really fun side minigames where you're like, they could ease, like, the hostess one and the, the real estate one could just be their own little phone games. If you told these to somebody that doesn't play video games at all, they'd look at you like you were fucking crazy. Wait, well, I, <laughs> I could tell these to someone who does play video games, they still think it's crazy. I yeah. mean, that's, that's how I feel about the real estate minigame. <laughs> Bro, no, it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> It's just time consuming. That one one is the hostess one's actually more fun. Cause you, you have to it sounds bad when I say like but you go collect girls. Nice. And you know, kinda of offer them a job at your hostess bar. And then you you pretty much open for business, do your thing, have them, you know, treat the guests. You have to get things right. So they'll have little hand signals. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out what those mean. It's like, oh that oh they need oh menu, got it. Oh refill a glass, got that. Oh she's not happy, kick this dude out. Like, you have to figure that out while also keeping track of, okay, how much these people are spending and, and like, whether the girls are happy or not, or if they tired, switch them out. And, like, oh, but this girl has the beauty stat maxed out. <laughs> this girl has the funny stat. So you, it's all this shit. 
it's it's so fun. But uh, yeah, so I beat zero finally. Uh, I'm working through Kalami one. I will probably be. I want to say I'll probably have started Kalami two by the time next podcast. I think unless I get caught up in another fucking mini game. Yeah. But uh, I've also uh, played uh, a little bit of my Retroid. Nice. That BJ got me. Uh, I have immediately just dove right into Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> like, just all the way. Even though I have that on PSP and on DS, there's something about the original, because it's the ROM of the original uh, SNES version. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing it going, oh, this is great. See, this for me, good. I jumped directly into Leaf Green when I got mine. And I, I had to do some setting tweaks, obviously, because it's GBA, but like... I, it runs pretty solid after you do all that, and I've actually played a lot of uh, Kirby and the Crystal Shards on mine, so some N64 stuff runs really well, too. Dude, Kirby has some incredible lore. Yeah. I would, I'd like, anyone who wants a good, like, like, a good what-the-fuck moment, look up Kirby lore. Kirby's killed several gods. Yep. <laughs> over cake. Yeah, over just being hungry. Um, yeah, no, Final Fantasy IV is so great. And I love having an original version, kind of a 3D chibi version with voice acting, and then just a remade original version on PSP. So it's it's it is one of my favorite Final Fantasy games of all time. I, just the story of Cecil, Kane, all of that, great. And then I'll finally get to play. I don't I don't I haven't looked hard enough, but I'm pretty sure I don't know if Crunch is on that thing. I think it is. If it is, I think I'll, it's I'll, on the uh, the PS1 stuff. Okay. Um, it's either I'm gonna do that game next, or I'm gonna do just Final Fantasy VI. Nice, because six is great. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I haven't really played much else. It's been I've tried a little bit of the streaming stuff for uh, XCloud. I played, I started Chris Tales, that new RPG that came out. Yeah. Uh, I and I got a bug that's apparently very common where I can't progress past like the frog thing. So I'm like, cool. Nice. So I just said fuck it and put it down until, you know, it's pretty good. Like I, I would definitely say though, like probably not. I think it's forty bucks. Mm-hmm. So I would wait personally for a sale. But solid RPG. It's definitely Game Pass being the thing makes it worth it. Definitely. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. Um, anything else? Nah. All right, sweet. The two games that have consumed my life. All right, so let's get into these news articles. I want to start with something you will probably enjoy. All right. Um, so this is this is a rumor, mm-hmm. but there's like a whole there's a whole like art artwork like cover splash about it or whatever. Uh, Dying Light Platinum Edition coming to Nintendo Switch this October. Wow. Um, and the Platinum Edition is like everything. Right, so it's it's uh, all the DLC. So it's the four DLCs, seventeen skin bundles, which for sure it's got co-op. Um, yeah, and it's got and apparently they're saying like yo the HD rumble and stuff, the whatever. So yeah, this might be a thing. It's still a rumor, but if so, hey, Dying Light's good. You should play it. Yeah. Um, and hey, might as well play it on the go, even though it's gonna run like shit. Yeah, I mean, they. it depends on how long they've been working on it, because games like Doom 
run really well on there because they, you know, they sacrifice the graphics. So I'm hoping that's what they do to get it to run. Um, but that's a pretty good get. I would definitely recommend that game, especially if you're into like, you know, those Dead Island type things where you can just get online with your friends and go through it. So, I, but on the other hand, I feel like this rumor is kind of ass because of the other thing that just got announced. What? Oh, oh the the Steam Deck. Oh yeah, that <laughs> where you can play literally every game. Yeah, where you can just play Dying Light on your Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. And Dying well, Light 2 when it comes out. We will get to that, because, man. But uh, I have a Kotaku article, which usually I don't really care about this website much, but this one, man, it it, it made me hear. Mm-hmm. First, it was an Assassin's Creed expansion. Now it's Ubisoft's eight-year nightmare. What? We're talking about Skull and Bones. <laughs> that pirate game that was based on Black Flag's entire pirate part mm-hmm. that has been in development for eight years wow. and is apparently still not ready to come out. I didn't know it had been that long. A few people said it was cursed. Others simply had no idea what they were supposed to be making. And this is my favorite quote. Nobody knew what the fuck they were doing, said <laughs> one developer. <laughs> So this is going to be Anthem 2, it sounds Probably, like. Probably, yeah. Uh, this is a Kotaku article by Ethan, I think, Gosh? G-A-C-H. Gosh. Uh, Gosh. Sorry, Ethan, I guess. Uh, but this is two hours ago, so I was. I, this is fresh. Uh, Bleeding edge news here, yeah. people, that you'll get tomorrow or the next day. You'll get Thursday. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I read this and it gave me a laugh, but I just have a couple things from the article I wanted to pinpoint, but... Uh, and then I want to get your opinion on this, but uh, Skull and Bones developed back in 2013 as a multiplayer expansion for Black Flag, the fourth Assassin's Creed that would release as a post-launch update. Uh, three sources with knowledge of the project's origin said the expansion, or the, they said, uh, the expansion soon took on a life of its own, however, morphing into a full-blown MMO-like spinoff with the working title Black Flag Infinite and later a brand new pirate game called Skull and Bones. Um, the game made a big splash with an on-stage reveal and hands-on demo at E3 2017 and returned a year later with a second polished demo, but has since disappeared. <laughs> Sources are split over what happened. Some say despite the well-received E3 blowouts, the game effectively didn't exist. Others argue that a version of what was playable at industry events could have launched roughly on time in early access and matured in the, uh, and matured in the wild as other games of service have. Years later, the game is still struggling to shape and people are running on empty. Uh, a lot of stuff still doesn't make sense, said one former developer. Just polishing it at this point would be a waste of time. Damn. Yeah. Uh, it was, so this, this one was the kicker for me. Skull and Bones was originally supposed to launch in late 2018. Then sometime in 2019. Then sometime after March 2020. Then sometime before March 2022. And now it's due to come out before March 2023. Throw that shit in the garbage. Yeah, at that point. <laughs> it's not like Final Fantasy 15, where it's been like, okay, we have new concepts, add to it, add to it, add to it. Well, even then, I'm pretty sure like 15 kept the general vibe. Yeah, kind of. And they had and they had a clear goal in mind, and then you know there was that big reset. Kind of, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, like the plot, there was a clear goal there. They just couldn't reach it. Yeah. Here. There's no goal, and they can't reach anything because they have no fucking idea what they're doing. Um, 
so yeah, this one, uh, this is there's another quote. No one believed uh, the February 2022 launch, but you always hope. One current developer took Kotaku following the last delay during an investment call. Um, this one was was great because this is just PR speak from some, uh, you know, high up. Mm-hmm. Production led by Ubisoft Singapore has been advancing well over the past 12 months, and the promise is better than ever. Ubisoft CFO Frederick Duguet said during the same meeting, the additional time will allow the team to fully deliver on its vision. But interviews with more than 20 current and former Ubisoft developers, as well as those with knowledge of the game, its troubled development, its, its troubled development and the studio leading production on it, tell a different story. <laughs> Skull and Bones never had a clear creative vision behind it, suffered from too many managers vying for power, and was plagued by almost annual reboots and many refreshes, they said. Years into development, basic questions around the game's core design still hadn't been nailed down, even as ambitions for the would-be games as a service continued to mount within Ubisoft's head Paris office. Um, so yeah, and then they, they go, yes, eight years development. Uh, this one is, this one, is uh, one developer's thing. No one wants to admit they fucked up, said one developer. It's too big to fail, just like the banks in the U.S., Dang. If Skull and Bones were at a were at a competitor, it would have been killed ten times already. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about Skull and Bones for because Jesus, bro, that's that's a nightmare. I so this is one of the problems that I have with the game industry is that like just let it die. Yeah. Like I get like there's so many reboots and so many things like well we gotta capture that that magic again you know. This was made because Black Flag sold a shit ton. Mm-hmm. And then now we're getting to the point where it's like, dude, I think most people, most of the gaming circle probably doesn't remember Black Flag. Like, we do because we like it. Yeah. And it's that Creed game fans. came out when Twitter we and like high school. 2013 is when Black Flag came out. No new Assassin's Creed fan. Well, I guess it's not a called Assassin's Creed now. But like. Nobody that enjoyed that game is going to be in their younger core audience that they seem to try to, like, draw in with these new Assassin's Creed type things. So, like, just take the developers that you've been wasting for eight years off of it and let them make something good. Because these are definitely talented people. They just don't have direction. I mean, case in point, they had two demos that were largely people really liked. They were playable. Mm -hmm. And people liked them. So there was something there. I would have just finished that, but it, based on what they said, like there were management issues. People were saying, "No, we have to make the game has to be this and this and that." So I wonder just how many times, you know, a suit came down and said, "No, no, no, the new thing is this," and and told them to fix that. Because like I think I think a lot of the stuff in the article too was like, "Oh, it was originally going to be like Sid Meier's Pirates, uh, like a Civ type thing with whatever," and then they change it to. Uh, a, a more faithful thing to just pretty much make it Black Flag without the assassin. And that's a massive stuff. jump in, like, genre. So yeah, that's... And, and so it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. And then it was like MMO, now it, then it turned to games as a service, and it's like, dude, just you, kill it. They've made five half games at yeah. this point. Like, imagine if they didn't have this issue, how many games they could have made in between, like, release Skull This could have been the new the Assassin's next... Creed now. Yes. Yeah, dude. It's like, fuck, I feel so bad for the Singapore team because, like, they have to deal with that shit mm-hmm. for eight years. Man. And on yeah. the other hand, 
Sea of Thieves is killing it. <laughs> is out now. They got Jack Sparrow coming in, and you can play that one online with your friends as we speak. Also, and yeah, Sea of Thieves didn't launch too well, but it's doing. But they've really, had the dude, time to listen to their community they, and they let it grow. They pushed it to the point where the game had a million concurrent players at one point. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's awesome. So shout out to Rare for doing a really cool pirate game before Ubisoft could. Yeah. Or shout out to Ubisoft. Kingdom Hearts 3 Pirates of the Caribbean World for being probably more fun than that game would have been too. Yeah, that's true. I liked that world. I love that world. It was a really cool. I, I want I want a game. I, and I again we said that with Black Flag too, and look what happened, but uh, that'd be cool to have like a pirate type game with that like because it's an Unreal Engine, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, so that would have been cool. Square could do it. Yeah. Just could. make anime pirates. I, you know, oh, dude, okay, I'm gonna be real with you. I've, maybe it's just because I've played too much Yakuza, mm-hmm. but like seeing that wacky shit in a pirate game, fucking legendary. I mean, that's why uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was popular. It's because of wacky ass Jack Sparrow. Dude, I love, I love, I, I want a Yakuza everything. Those dynamic intros where they like slow down and the person's name and their title come up is the sickest shit, dude. But, uh, yeah, no, so Skull and Bones. Uh, keep a lookout. 2023. Skull and Bones, because that's pretty much all they've ever made of the game. That's what the dev team looks like now. <laughs> we laugh, but that's sad. Like, yeah. imagine, imagine like, cause, um, especially imagine, like, being, like, I wonder how many devs who are on that team were there from day one. Mm-hmm. And if they're sitting there going, like, fuck this, dude. Yeah, because, I mean, Singapore's really ramped up their game production stuff, so, like... If that original team really wanted to go somewhere, they could find work. Oh, yeah. And, like, that... I mean, it sucks. Like, especially just sitting on that for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing if, like, your game is is taking a while, but you see a clear vision. Right? Last of Us Part Two took a minute, but then it got delayed a couple times, but they were like, there, there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, there's something that you're reaching for. And, so. you, and you could argue, and some people could argue against both of these, but I would say Cyberpunk and Final Fantasy XV had an end goal. Mm-hmm. It's just whether they hit it or not is up to debate. Right. Uh, but, like, Skull, this just sounds nightmarish. Yeah, like, there, there is no direction at all in that team. Yeah. And it's not their fault. Like, it's, it's literally just taking orders from people that just give a shit about the money instead of the creativity and you know, what they can put out there to be art, you know? I mean, I mean, that game looked cool. I remember seeing the trailer for it, and I'm going, that, yeah, gimme. I'll happily take a pirate game like that. And, you know, it's been how long now? <laughs> Since 2013. Yep. So, yeah, that's, that sucks, dude. Yeah, that's pretty disappointing. Well, I have one more small news article, and then we'll get to the big boy. Uh, Cyberpunk DLC has been leaked. Uh, the rumor is there's gonna be a, a bunch of free, like like The Witcher Three, the free DLC stuff. Of like, here's a bit, here's some new missions, here's uh, outfits, here's hairstyles, here's all cosmetic shit, here's probably new cars, it's all the small stuff, right? And then there are expansions. So far, I think there's two expansions listed, but. Um, they are, you know, about the same price you would expect, like a $24 thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting probably, at least I hope, that we're going to get like a big like push of content of like, yeah. hey, here's a bunch of the free stuff. Hey, are you a fan of this, this, and this? Here you go. 
hey, do you want, do you want, and I, I'm hoping some of it is, like, just mechanics they brought, they took out and had to not do, and now they're bringing it back in, like, hey, here's, for the cosmetic DLCs, we're just doing a full pack that's free, and hey, guess what, there's now a barbershop, and there's now this, this and that, so you can actually go and do cool mods and stuff. I think that's the best case scenario, you just put those out a little bit over time, and then, you know, people don't feel like they're waiting as long for the expansions because they're constantly getting fed the content. Well, and, th and there's a lot of people who are who straight up saying they're waiting for the next-gen version anyway because by that point, I think the team has said they're not putting the next-gen version out until the game is stable and has what they want it to be. Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, they, they get it right because, you know, I like Cyberpunk. You're obviously liking Cyberpunk. But definitely. I, I definitely don't fault anyone for hating it. Yeah, it, there's... It's one of those things where, like, yeah... I like it, but, you know, it. the game did not launch well, it, it, you, can, you can see the cracks, I just haven't been, I'm more lenient than a lot of it, just cause, if you give me a good story, I don't care, I, I will play through a good story a lot, even if the game is shit, so, but. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with Cyberpunk when it launched was, it had a massive audience outside of just core gamers, yeah, um, a lot of people that Excited to see what comes from that. I definitely think they should put more moments up in the game. A hundred percent. Like, yes. granted, you and me both love Pan Am. She's great, but it's definitely one of those things where you only have four, and they're each locked to a specific section. So you have you have the gay dude, you have the straight dude, you have the gay girl, and the straight girl. That's it. And so if you're going in role playing yourself, you are now locked to. I had an idea because I was watching Brianna play and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. I think they should make Jackie romanceable and then, you know, it's, it's completely optional. You can choose the dialogue options to skip over it yeah. and you know, get into it. But if you do get into it, that shit hits so much harder. I, I think it'd be great. The problem is there's not enough time to get into a romance with them. So that's the problem. And that entire like montage I yeah that wish six month montage yeah. yeah so there's that downside is that like uh, there's not really a lot of time plus Jackie has Misty yeah like I love Misty but like if you choose the romance option in this case describe Misty to the side I mean I like Misty because that entire section when you go to the funeral yeah that was a really good mission I, I love that mission uh but I mean, it could be cool. I, I saw there was somebody who put out a thing, and I don't know if this is a rumor, leak, or just some, a fan thing, but they were like, yo, what if what if the DLC is we f like we have to fight Jackie because uh, Arasaka got their hands on his body Ooh. and shit like that? Because cause so, I, I, what did you do with that? Did you send the body back to... I sent it back to Mama Wells. Yeah, okay. So that's the thing. I feel like in order for this DLC to work, you would, probably would have had to send it or, or you get whatever. a call from, you know, I, you get, you get they could make it yeah, they work for right. every route. Just make it like, oh, somebody like robbed his grave. Yeah. But I, I thought it'd be cool. And then like, 
obviously we beat the game yet, but like a lot of the stuff later is like, okay, we have to get him back. Like figuring out that whole thing. Um, I think a DLC past certain endings would be cool. Yeah. Uh, without spoiling like certain endings, it's like, oh, that could easily be leading to more content or this one, is, like this one's definitive, like this is it. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do with it. But I, I'd definitely more Jackie. Yeah. Jackie's great. This and, is one of those games where I'm like fiending for them to make novels for. Well, they are making an anime. They have comics out. I didn't know about uh, the comics. Yeah, there's a Trauma Team comic. Uh, it's actually solid. I'm going to have um, to check that out. I saw it at Barnes & Noble, so you probably can get it on Amazon. Hell yeah. Physical comic books, baby. But uh, it, yeah, I, I definitely hope they continue with this stuff. Like, And they're gonna. They, the Edge Runner anime comes out next year. So oh, yeah. I'm going to watch that. That sounds cool. And it's by Studio Trigger. Oh, dude. Awesome. Yes. I'm all over that shit. Oh, no. Already. The second I see... Well, speaking of Trigger, I think we talked about this, but the Star Wars anime thing? Yeah, dude. Dude, I'm so happy with that. That's going to be sick. Just the fact that... And I love that they get two. <laughs> Nobody Every, else does. Everybody else got one. <laughs> Trigger got two. I'm real excited for that. Yeah. Um, but, you yeah, know, Cyberpunk... I just hope the game can turn around. I fully get if the team decides to abandon it mm-hmm. and just go, like, this is be fucked up. It's here for those who still like it, but we're moving on. And I fully get that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be. I mean, I'll, I'll be a little upset, but I won't be mad. I don't see them abandoning it, um, cause like with their past games, whenever they've had trouble, like at launch, they stick with it until it's good. Yeah. And then, you know, they've seen how that can, you know, boost sales down the line, even if it's not a huge thing out of the gate with Witcher 3 and stuff like that, so... Well, Witcher 3 had the bonus of, like, when Blood and Wine came out, people went in droves to buy it, too. Yeah. Because people love that DLC. There's a lot of stuff that's boosted Witcher 3 <laughs> over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I, I definitely think if you if you tell people and show people, like, hey, Cyberpunk is staying... Yeah, it's not gonna be the game you probably expected it to be. Cause, and there's a lot of cut content. I definitely recommend looking up videos and stuff, because there's a lot... Um, but definitely, uh, I definitely think if, when the, when the next gen versions come out, I think that's definitely the time people should give it a chance. Yeah. Cause by that point, I'm assuming it works. I just wish uh, they would be more like communicative with their people. I think the thing they're doing, and I, I personally, they, cause there's one guy who Twitch streams and he's been pretty vocal, but for the most part, I personally like the idea of shut the fuck up, fix it. And then when you have something, say something. Yeah, that because when you look at it from that standpoint, I kind of see it because it's cause, like okay, just don't don't speak about it, just fix what we did. And well, and, and it, this isn't like a thing gone wrong, but it's why I love uh, Miyazaki, like with Elden Ring, because mm-hmm. they were like, "Here's Elden Ring, it's coming." Nothing until they were ready to show it, and they were like, "We're not gonna show it until it's ready." Same with Final Fantasy 16; they showed a good bit of stuff, but Yoshi P was like, "Hey, we're not gonna show anything unless it's like." close to coming out yeah and i like that i like that they're very open about we're gonna show you stuff but when we feel it's ready and i'd rather have that than like 17 trailers of death loop yeah 100 <clears throat> percent. because like at that point it's like look I, i'm already sold you don't have to sell me more i get it but you know death loop would have been so much more attractive to me if it had had that initial trailer like one more trailer and then a demo and then nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I think 
I mean, that's another news story is, yeah, uh, Final Fantasy uh, 16 might not be at Tokyo Game Show or Gamescom, I think, they because that was what they said. Yoshi P was like, we, we, when the next trailer comes out, we want you, we want people to leave that trailer going, damn, I want to buy this game. Yeah. And by that point, they said, that's when the pre-orders are going. That's when the game's close to being out. Because I feel and, like... And that, I think that's, that's fair. That first trailer was a little bit rough with the models and everything. They even said it was an alpha trailer. Yeah. And, and I mean, so, it looked great for alpha. Yeah, for real. But um, I understand their mindset. I hope they show some triangle strategy at TGS. Yeah. Uh, triangle strategy. More of the... Uh, I forget the name. The PS5 exclusive. Uh, not the one with Platinum. So you got a lot of PlayStation exclusive games. Uh, it's, it was unveiled recently with a new... It was like Project Atheus thing I cannot remember the name for the life of me but it's that game too I'm excited for that um for real triangle strategy looks sick as hell yeah I'm, I still haven't beaten the demo because there's so much content and I want to make it Dude, last the demo is so good it's like, really honestly, robust yeah if, if you have a switch triangle strategy is a good demo to get because it's surprisingly long yeah and you can actually go on character recruitment stuff in that demo which is crazy. I, I miss the days of demos. Like, I love the Resident Evil does it to an extent. I hate they're, like, really short. You only have 30 minutes and you can never play again. Mm-hmm. I played the Final Fantasy Origin demo, which is no longer available. Um, but that was fun and very cool game. Uh, just fucking, I hate the character designs. Um, but... I miss demo discs. Yeah. I mean... I there's something so cool like I so I had Mario Kart Double Dash mm-hmm. right and it had a demo disc in it which had a bunch of trailers and games like demo games I think I played the Sonic Heroes first stage over and over again because it was on that disc same with uh oh, what game was it oh there was another one on there that I remember playing a lot <sighs> oh well uh but they had a uh, there was videos for the Harry Potter Quidditch game. Nice. F-Zero, I think, had a video. Kirby Air Ride had a video. Like, it was so cool. And I was like, this is the coolest thing. I missed that. I've still got a stack of just PS2 original Xbox ones. we got to take a look at those sometime. That someone traded it in, and I, I wish. I, I hated it because uh, DJ was right there, and I knew he'd say something. <laughs> But somebody was gonna trade in an original demo of Devil May Cry 4, Ooh. and I, I, I knew, I knew if I tried to finagle that away, <laughs> DJ would say something, and I was like, fuck. Yeah. So I told the guy, hey, we don't take this, you know, demo disc. He's like, oh, it's cool. And then he just took it back, and I'm like, let me have it. But, but I'll take it though. <laughs> I was like, and I knew I couldn't say that, yo, but I'll buy it off you, because you know. Yeah. It's one thing if if he was just another coworker, but he was my manager. So I was like, I, I, well, on one hand, I knew if Scott was there, mm-hmm. Scott would have been all in. I'm just like, yeah, dude, do it. Yeah. But yeah, no, DJ was there, and I, I was like, damn it, because I would have jacked that shit so fast, bro. Yeah, I love seeing demos and what changes between the final versions. Oh man, I was so I was like legit upset because uh, I really wanted that. All right, um, I think that's all the main news stories, uh, for the most part. Now, let's talk about the real Switch Pro. 
we, I think we should start this one off with a story. Okay. Because it was announced the same day that I ran into you at GameStop. So, uh, so the Switch Pro or the Switch OLED, sorry, fuck. Um, the Switch <laughs> the OLED, ProLED. The ProLED. Uh, the Switch OLED was announced and pre-orders went live and, uh, I was just working that day, and so I just came into GameStop, and lo and behold, BJ's in line <laughs> to try and pre-order the thing. Um, I think they ran out of that store, didn't they? Five fucking allotted pre-orders? Are you kidding me? The yeah. mall got like 15. <laughs> yeah. That's that's stupid. Yeah. But, um... <clears throat> yeah, so we ran into each other. It was fun. I, I think I ended up buying the physical... Even though I already have it digitally, I just like to have the collection, so I bought Yakuza Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the last person in line. I was the one that they stopped doing pre-orders on. And you still didn't get it. They took the guy in front of me, and then I called Taylor, and I was like, hey, do you guys have pre-orders? And she was like, yeah, nobody's coming in for this. So I did get one, but not at the biggest store in the area for some reason. Yeah, that was was dumb. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, Switch OLED. Cool, right? It's not the Switch Pro like everybody thought, but whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. We'll get that at some point. And then, not six hours later, Valve goes, Hey, we heard y'all wanted a Switch Pro. Yeah. Here. They went above and beyond with that thing. So, it... I will say this. So, let's first... I want to start I'm gonna start off positive. Mm-hmm. This thing is powerful as hell. Yeah. Like, emulation, it's pretty much on board, I would say, with, like, a slim PS4 and a slim Xbox One. Yeah. So, like, you know, the upscales, like, it's it's slightly on that side. So, it's a very powerful system. Um, it looks sleek. I'm very excited to see what those uh, touchpads do. Apparently, they're very intuitive once you get used to them. Like, it's a weird transition, but yeah. once you're in there, it's, like, completely natural. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see that. I'm, I want to see... Because I, I definitely want to see how that works for some games that, I guess, only have mouse and keyboard support. Yeah. And if that's what those touchpads will do. Um, as being just, you know... Hey, the D-pad over here is going to be your... Wazd movement. Mm-hmm. Here's... You're rubbing the touchpad is now the mouse. So I'm, I'm very excited to see a lot of that stuff. I think pretty solid screen it looks like from what people are showing like honestly not that bad they showed off i think control yeah it's a pretty chunky game when it comes to graphics and like particle effects and shit and it looks pretty it, it looked like it ran pretty well they also showed portal 2 which i've been fiending for on switch for the last however long it's been yeah and now i don't even care because this steam deck can run <laughs> any game i want <laughs> well and that's the thing is there's also switch emulation that I guarantee you will work on it too. Can you believe that Valve is doing GameCube Virtual Console for free and Nintendo won't? The, and so, obviously, the emulation side of things is one thing, but like, just as a machine, like as a game console, so it's it runs. I think does it run? It runs SteamOS, right? Or yes, which is Linux based, but you can also load Windows on there, which is really cool. Yeah, so that was the thing. So I'm gonna go ahead and read. Uh, most of this article but it's from pc gamer christopher uh livingston and jacob ridley did a whole thing it's like everything we need to know so uh valve is getting into the handheld gaming business and here's a scoop on the new steam deck uh the rumors are right and the steam deck is coming this year a handheld device that can play any game in your steam library it's aiming to be the nintendo switch for pc gaming essentially though the steam deck can do a lot more than just play games that's because it's not a games console, it is just a portable PC. 
You can plug it into a monitor or TV, install apps and software, use it to watch streaming videos, and more, even install other game stores on it, according to Valve. The Steam Deck will run on a new version of SteamOS, Valve's Linux-based operating system, though you'll be able to play Windows games that don't have official Linux support using Valve's compatibility tech, Proton, or even uninstall SteamOS and just install Windows. Yep. Which is probably what I'm going to do, I'm not going to lie. Um, so here's now the list of just everything we need to know. Uh, when is the Steam Deck release date? Uh, we'll begin shipping in 2021 of December. Uh, that doesn't mean if you're a reserved one, you'll receive it this year, as the Steam Deck site is now showing expected order availability in Q1 of 2022 for the 64 gig, uh, and Q2 2022 for the 256 version, and Q3 2022 for the 512 gigabyte version. Which is uh, the one that I want. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, considering, like, fucking Call of Duty is 123 gigs, you only have two options now. Yeah. And one of them is half your fucking thing is gone. Um... This may vary depending on your region, however, and we'll update more than you know. Uh, currently, a Steam Deck can be reserved if you put down a $5 deposit. Those Steam uh, servers were immediately overwhelmed. Of course yeah, they were. Of course. Uh, customers trying to reserve a Steam Deck were faced with the timeouts and error messages, and some who tried multiple times were told they would face a delay before they could try again for attempting to make a lot of purchases in the last few hours. Uh, others are seeing messages that their Steam accounts have been created too recently to reserve a Steam Deck, though many seeing this message say they've had their Steam accounts for years, including some staff members of PC Gamer. Nice. Wow. Um, so, so that's mainly just an error, so... Cool. Um, how much does a Steam, Steam Deck cost? So, there's three versions, all based on size, size of the storage. The memory stuff. <clears throat> so, $399 for the 64 gig, $529 for the 256 gig, and $649 for the 512 gigabyte. All with micro SD support, yes. I should add. So, it's not just, there you go, you're done. It's, no, you'll have a full thing. Uh, so, yeah, you'll, you can buy, and honestly, you can probably buy a really good micro SD um, so you could probably just buy the 399 version and get like a, by that point, like a 256 gig is only like 35 most of the time and it's like SanDisk, so like yeah. the best one you can get. So yeah, it's, it's going to be very easy to get a, uh, an SD card if you want to get the cheaper model. So. Yeah. I'm very glad they went with that and not proprietary memory. I know that doesn't sound like a big thing to everyone, but I own a fucking PlayStation Vita. Okay. I had to pay $200 for the biggest SD card and import it from Japan because it never came out here for some reason. Yeah, and then I just bought, what, $200 for an SSD for my Series X? So, yeah, I'm all for micro-USBs. Shit should be standard. Yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, what are the specs? Now, I don't know much of this shit, but... Yeah. Um, so, there's a 7-inch screen. At least that's what it says here. Uh, the most important thing to know for PC gamers is that the Steam Deck runs on an AMD APU, and one we're yet to see. Uh, we're yet to see elsewhere. Uh, the ship is built around two key AMD architectures: Zen 2 and RD RDNA 2. So whatever the fuck that means. I know Joey told me that one of them is coming out the same day as the Steam Deck, so it's going to be, like, the most up-to-date thing. Okay. Uh, there's a whole list on the specs, so I recommend if you, you want to see this, go to PC Gamer, because I don't know any of that. Yeah, as long as they tell me it run game good, I'm in. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I love this one. Uh, so the Steam Deck is bigger than a Switch, then? It's like a bit, yes. For comparison, the Nintendo Switch uh, standard version 
It's 9.4 by 4.55. Weighs just under a pound. Steam Deck's a couple inch wider, uh, half an inch taller, considerably thicker, and a bit heavier. Because I need, I need to see a side-by-side comparison on that because mm-hmm. there was an article that I was reading about it where uh, Valve said it will work with most USB-C docks to connect to a TV. And in my mind, that goes, okay, they're just like taking advantage of all these people that already have a Switch and can just slap it in there, and I think that's dope. Yeah. But I'm worried that it's just not going to fit and I'm going to have to modify a dock somehow. So I need to see that comparison first. I mean, I think you're going to have to modify it. I, it's definitely not going to be one-to-one. We'll, we'll slip in there because the Switch is like, it's very clearly built for that. Yeah. So you will at least have to break <coughs> one side of the dock off. Well, you can you can unscrew it. It's all like uh, just Phillips head stuff. And they're like little mods where you can just slap it all into a tiny little box and jam it in the hole. Um, Nice. Thanks. Uh, so... Well, here you go. Does the Steam Deck come with a dock? There is a dock, but it's sold separately. Mm-hmm. Like the Switch, there's a dock for the Steam Deck that allows you to connect it to your TV or, or monitor, a USB-C, um, HDMI output, Ethernet adapter, three USB inputs. Uh, but it doesn't come with it, though. They the nice thing about... They have yet to reveal the price, though, or when it will be available. The thing about that is, like, if it's just a USB-C output, mm-hmm. you can go to GameStop and get one of those secondhand Switch docks for like 30 bucks you get one of those little small kickstand ones yeah like, like immediately. The so I don't think that's going to be much of an issue for anyone those are already very readily available um there is a negative mm-hmm. that's the battery life yeah um two to eight hours depending on what you're doing so they say here you can play portal 2 for four hours on this thing um if you limit it to 30 FPS, though, you can play for 5 to 6. Um, that's not a lot. That's not a lot, but also, like, I'm used to 30 FPS, so I'd be fine with limiting it. Um, I take my charger everywhere with me, and I'm never really in a situation where I'm away from a wall outlet for more than 6 hours. Yeah, I... I think in general this is more of a I say non-issue but like it's like it's more of an issue when you look at the numbers on paper yeah and not actually in practicality because it still sucks because like one of the things you kind of like is having that mobility but mm -hmm. I guarantee you someone will put out portable USB-C chargers it's like a little box you just plug it in and it just charges it on the go. So yeah, there, I mean, there are multiple options you have for this. You can just get an anchor core, yep, which is a really small, compact battery that'll last for like 18 hours or some shit like that. Yeah, so there, plug there, it in. There the are ways around this, uh, but it's still kind of whack that that's how long it is, considering I think even the 3DS lasts longer. Yeah, the it, 3DS isn't doing half as much as it is though. But yeah, and that's that's the thing is it's like, well, battery life sucks, but look at everything this thing can do. Mm-hmm. And I think there will be a V2 within the next five years. So battery life is probably negligible at this point. So that's actually where I wanted to get into the, the downsides that I have with this. Because in general, it's a really cool system. And I definitely, for people who buy it, they're going to enjoy it. It's a great concept. Who the fuck is going to buy it? A lot of people. <laughs> and here's the thing. I've seen. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people, but like it's mainly in the gaming circle. Yeah. I do not think this is going to be a commercial, like, oh shit, like... I, I see a lot of people making the assumptions, oh, this is the Switch killer. No, it's not. Yeah. 
the Switch has sold way too much. It has way more casual appeal. Because, like, I was talking to Joey about this, and granted, we didn't talk more casual, but I think the idea where he's like, there's just, it, do, it just does more. I'm like, yeah, but the Switch is cheaper and has Zelda. Yeah, and the... And, and, like, and then, another thing. Sure, Steam, Steam Deck has emulation, and you can do all this other stuff. Yeah, but the Switch has Pokemon that right. you can buy right now. And another thing is, like, most general consumers that buy a Switch don't have the technical know-how to access all that stuff. I think the deck is going to be more of a um, Switch companion for the more hardcore people. Like, I don't think I'm going to meet someone that doesn't have a Switch with having a uh, Steam Deck. So, so yeah, I mean, again, I'm not saying this thing's going to fail. It's obviously not. But if, we, mean, go, if we go by Valve's track record, so we got the Steam Machine, the Steam Controller... The index, all of which get version twos, mm-hmm. and then just quietly get, you know, s- updates. But that's it. Speaking of getting version twos and never getting a third, Portal, Portal, Half Life. They hate the number three over they there. They're getting a Left 4 Dead three. Kind of. Called four. Yeah, they skipped right over it. Back four blood. <laughs> so yeah. We're getting a Left 4 Dead 3, kind of. Yeah. And I count it as that. Which I think would be a great game to play on the Steam Deck. Ironically, you will be able to. It's on Steam. Yeah. So there you go. Valve is like, I mean, we're not going to make it, but we're not going to stop you from making it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, That's one thing they have up on Nintendo. Again, I, th- I think this, and maybe I'm just being a dick about it, but like I saw this and I was just like, all right, cool, and moved on. And then all of a sudden... I see like people on both sides going, this thing's going to kill the Switch. This thing is like finally going to make Nintendo piss themselves and get competitive. And I'm like, no, it's not. The people have tried before, and it's never worked out. The Game Gear, the PSP, and the Vita. The fucking Sega Nomad came out. Was basically a Nintendo Switch in the 90s, backlit screen, while the Game Boy was out. No screen light, nothing like that. You're playing games in puke green. Um, and the Game Boy still sold a shitload more than the Sega Nomad. So I don't think Nintendo's worried about it at all. I guarantee you they looked at the Steam Deck and I guarantee you someone said, hey, can we sue them for that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is there any way we can cease and desist? Like- the Nintendo Ninjas are scrawling the internet like cyberpunk netrunners as we speak looking for a way to sue them. Yeah, for real. Um, but no, I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't, I don't see it. Maybe it's just cause I haven't, I, I don't, I don't know. I, all the like, you know, tech speak and all the shit. I'm like, okay. And yeah, like, that's my thing. And this, this is why I don't get into PC gaming is cause none of that shit matters to me. Like Joey was talking like, Oh, but it's got this emulation. And like, this is the processor and look at the cool. And I'm like, I in one ear out the other yeah like i am very much cool with just having my big console sit there and i'll get a new one in like seven years and speaking of emulation like that's not the biggest deal we bought those things for 80 fucking dollars yeah and it can do that and it's fucking game boy size yeah i don't know i mean again i think this thing is gonna sell really well obviously pre-orders are fucking sold out I'll buy one when it's, like, readily available, but I'm not jumping to get it because there's no, like, exclusive killer app for it, if that makes sense. Well, and and that's the thing is, like, 
to a lot of people, and this is the argument that I have. I mean, you already have a PC. Why do you need this? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have a PC, and well, yeah. I have like 200 games in my Steam library, so that's why I'm like, okay. Well, and like, yeah, like this this probably would be the reason that I get into, I guess, to, and I say Joey with this a lot, but to Joey's credit, this is for those who probably don't have a PC or don't, or. It for, seems for like people, a good way to get have, in. Who people have friends who aren't into PC gaming who now can get into it. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get one because, yeah, I don't have. Uh, a good PC and this thing runs pretty much like a PS4 or Xbox One so yeah and with I the can... dock and a Bluetooth mouse it is a PC you yeah. can just plug it in there and do your homework and shit excuse me um I mean shit this will probably be the way that I play at the Old Republic actually like, yeah get into that MMO finally that would be dope but like again it's, it's just this thing that every time I look at it and see it and see like and I think it's just because I see the people coming in going like it's the Switch killer that I'm just like I feel like people are putting their expectations up here mm-hmm. when it's like based on Valve's track record like just the index sold out immediately as well and that was more expensive yeah and now do you see many people clamoring to grab an index not really nope it was the hardcore who wanted one all the tech people and that's it. I've heard nobody else talk about the index except, hey, Half-Life Alex was really fun to play on it. Yeah. And then I, I feel like the Steam Deck will be the same thing where it's like the hardcore gets it. They love it. The general public just don't either don't give a shit or are already so set in their, their system. Like, yeah, the Steam Deck's cool. But if someone who plays on PlayStation who really loves their trophies and likes the ecosystem even if they get a steam deck they're not gonna play the third party games on there they're gonna rock them on playstation to get their trophies yeah they're gonna play them there to play with their friends like again i think i i think this is definitely a step in the right direction for valve like holy shit i didn't expect them to put out a console for the most part but i don't know i just feel like a lot of people are letting hype rule when it's like they haven't shown good faith with their products before yeah <clears throat> I my thing is I don't think it's going to be anybody's main console and I think that's kind of what they're aiming for here I think they're just trying to introduce a new audience to PC gaming which I'm all for it's very inaccessible trying to get into it when you know nothing about tech Um, so I think it's a great idea but the switch killer we've heard it before like when the PS5 was coming out everybody was like oh get ready to see Nintendo sales tank you who are listening to this do not have a PS5, but you can go to a GameStop right now and find a Switch. So, I don't think it's going anywhere. And the fact that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, by the way, not just the Wii U version, is still one of the highest-selling games. Mm-hmm. Nintendo's... Like, that's the thing. And, I, I again, sometimes I hate it because it's like, Jesus Christ, Nintendo. Yeah. But, like, Skyward Sword is going to sell well. Definitely. It's $60 for a game that launched at 40 or 50 Mm-hmm. that came with Wii Remote people are gonna buy Skyward Sword and Joy-Cons and an Amiibo separately and Nintendo's gonna make fucking bank yeah they, I bought all that extra shit and I don't even have the game yet <laughs> like they they absolutely are going to still be okay because of this shit because yeah the Steam Deck is cool mm-hmm. but Breath of the Wild 2 is not gonna be on the Steam Deck yep the new Mario game is not gonna be on the Steam Deck if they announce a new Smash Bros that's not on the Steam Deck People are going to clamor to get a Switch 
or whatever the fuck they do next because it's got that game that I really like. Mm-hmm. Ulti- like Smash Bros. Ultimate's highest really sells a shit ton. Pokemon Sword and Shield sold a shit ton, sadly. Yeah. Um, like, really hoping Arceus outsells it somehow. I fucking hope. Um, like, so that's the sad thing, you know what I mean? Is Nintendo just has too much clout now? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they can still fuck it up like they did the Wii U, but the Switch is... It, the thing, and again, the Steam Deck is trying to do that. It's You can play it on your TV, you can play it on your monitor, you can also take it to go. So it is that that system. So who knows? I Just based on history, I feel like this will be out. The general public won't be into it, but the hardcore gaming audience is going to love it because, yeah, it's a portable PC that can run probably 60 frames per second on mm-hmm. a lot of games. And that's cool. But, and I can speak for myself and probably others like that. I have, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'll probably get it, but it's mainly going to be there to play games that I, I can't play. Yeah. I like, think, I, I think that's why I'm probably not going to get it for a while. It's just cause like, okay, so I don't care about FPS. Yeah. Like, yeah, if it starts dipping below 30, then we have a problem. Then it's noticeable. Yeah, but, like, 30 FPS and 60, yeah, it's noticeable change, but, like, 30 doesn't kill me. Yeah. I don't need, like, high graphics and these huge specs, and I don't need modding. Like, literally everything the PC offers me doesn't interest me, because it's not a make or break for me. So, like, that's why I think I'm just having a problem getting it, because, like, everybody else goes, no, but you can mod Skyrim, and I'm like, okay. I just remembered Kingdom Hearts is on PC now, so I gotta find one of these immediately. <laughs> well, there you go. You got BJ. <laughs> I keep like, I keep thinking about just oh PC games. What do they have? And I'm like, oh, Horizon. Uh, fucking every Kingdom Hearts game now. Well, the Yakuza games are all there too. Doki Doki Literature Club. Well, every uh, okay. other hentai game. <laughs> okay, guess what? Doki Doki's on PS5 now. Yeah, so, I'm waiting for that Switch physical version because it comes with little acrylic character stands, and I'm a fucking weeb. I, I think it looks cool. I mean, again, the Steam Deck is is cool, and I I, I don't like the placement of the buttons though. I think that's my biggest problem. With they it, seem is, pretty high up. Yeah, like I I do not like where the buttons and stick placement is. Mm-hmm. Other than that, solid. Yeah, I, I think I think it'll be a pretty decent machine. It's just not gonna be one for me. So. Um, anything else you want to add on the Steam Machine? Or deck? Sorry. Uh, I don't know how this conversation started because I came in at the end of it. But you and Gray started talking about the Steam Deck and then it somehow got into Call of Duty. And then we were talking about our analytics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we often, not often, but we take a look at our analytics every now and again. And um, we like looking at the audience section to see, you know, how many guys, how many girls we have listening. We got more dudes listening to us. Yeah, thanks to the homies. Yeah, shout out. Uh, But we have no non-binary people. Um, And no no other. They list male, female, non-binary, and other. So pretty much we have the, we have the two, we have the two stereotypical genders we got the cis people yeah we got cis boys and girls but we don't got the the fun ones yeah we don't have the the indies and i don't really know much else i'm, I'm very not well versed in this in this topic i know yeah. non-binaries because i know a couple of them 
But if you know a non-binary person, send them this podcast because I would like to see at least one on that chart. And hey, we we welcome everybody with open arms here, right? Yes. Non-binary, trans, gay, straight, whatever. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. That's all we ask. Definitely. I mean, be a dick a little, but like funny, you know? Yeah, be a a funny dick. Don't be like an asshole. Yeah. You know, like that that's the thing. You can't be an asshole. You can be a dick. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Dicks and assholes don't mix very well. But that's kind of important. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, scratch the whole thing. <laughs> on that note, we still got time. Uh, it's not going to be much, and I think based on that Steam Deck conversation... The reason I brought that up was because I wanted to ask where the Ronald Reagan's non-gendered bathroom came from. <laughs> I don't know. I... I have no idea where, honestly, how that came up, but that's a thing that is in my notes, by the way. I still have it. I made sure, and this will probably be the title of the episode now. Thanks to Gray, by the way, for that one. What a, what a homie. Yeah, it, that's what it was. I, he just said, Ronald Reagan's grave is, is, is in a gender-neutral bathroom. <laughs> We gotta get Gray on somehow. We gotta set up a Discord call. Oh, dude, we'll figure that shit out. It's oh, it's so funny. Gray's hilarious. Yeah, love the dude. Great guy. Shout out to Gray. Shout uh, out Gray. Shout out Joey. Shout out Trey. Whole GameStop team. That whole yeah, that whole team. All, all they hooked me up. Not really, because they can't really do much. But you know, it's the thought that counts. Yeah. Um. Thoughts and prayers with an O and not a U. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Thoughts and players. Oh, see, now I get it. I, I didn't hear it right the first time. Well, I said prayers, but, but then players, I thought of yeah. players. So, Anyway, uh, if this if this episode isn't titled Ronald Reagan's grave is is buried in whatever. <laughs> A non-gendered bathroom. Yeah. Gender neutral bathroom. That'll be the episode Gray is on. And that's just, <laughs> that's what it is. Hell yeah. Um, but I since we have time, uh, I'm going to go ahead and let's do... At least, kind of mention it because we still got we still got a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted uh, originally one of the topics we were going to talk was disability and gaming, mainly because uh, every time a new Souls game comes out, always every, that argument. Every time is the argument of it needs to have an easy mode. What about the disabled people? You're not thinking of the disabled people. And then when a game does do something, there's the argument of what the heck? It just makes it too easy. Yeah, and it's like fucking make up your mind already. Look, I'm I'm gonna say that, and maybe you'll disagree, maybe you won't. Whatever the whatever the game creator's vision is, that's the most important part. Mm-hmm. Yes, it sucks that it's not for you, but if that's what they wanted to make, that's what they wanted to make, right? Like case in point, if somebody's coming in here making a game where the main like for the gays, mm-hmm. you don't get to get mad because it doesn't cater to you, the straight person. Yep. Just like this game is made to be difficult to the point of absurdity, you don't get to be mad when it's when you can't play it mm-hmm. because that's the vision of the game. I think the vision is most important. However, it does not give you the the, the free pass to not make it accessible. Uh, colorblind modes, doing like little tricks here and there, like oh, instead of uh, the enemy glowing red, here's a symbol like. You know, figuring things out where you can make it a bit more accessible without ruining the vision. Yeah. 
Um, but this argument came up because of Psychonauts 2 recently uh, has an invincibility mode where you can play the game and not take damage, not get hit, things like that. And uh, a lot of people got pissed at it because they were mad because the invincibility mode does not hinder trophy progress and achievements and whatnot. Which is dumb because realistically the only people who are going to go for trophies are the ones who are going to play on the hardest difficulty and probably whatever anyway. Right. And uh, people were getting mad at it. I'm just like, who fucking cares? Like at the end of the day, it's just a choice for those people and they don't have to choose it. Mm. And they weren't going to originally anyway. Yeah. So stop getting mad that someone else can enjoy the game now. Like, on, on, a, on a game like, and I'll use Demon's Souls as an example because it's here. Mm-hmm. Demon's Souls is hard as shit. Yeah. And when you look at like how those games are made, it's like, well, yeah, making an easy and medium and hard difficulty probably would fuck the game up because, case in point, Jedi Fallen Order has a balance issue if you don't play on normal. Yeah. Like, I played that game on Grandmaster or whatever. The, yeah. Jedi, whatever. I think it's Grandmaster, yeah. the highest one. Whatever the highest difficulty, I played it, I beat it, but there were some boss fights that were fucking unfair. Yeah. Because the game was not built for that game mode. It was built for normal. Like, they even say, this is the what we built the game on. And yeah, you have an easy mode, which is laughably easy. And then once you go up and stuff, you start to realize, oh yeah, this game isn't built for other difficulty modes. <clears throat> I like that a lot of games are just starting to call the easiest story. Yeah, it's like, oh, you just want to int- do the story? You just want to experience the, the character and world building? Here you go. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, but it, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, I definitely understand to an extent where it's like, I mean, yeah, you, everybody should be able, like, everybody should be able to play whatever game they want. Mm-hmm. At the same time, not every game is made for everyone. Yeah. Right? Like, and it, obviously part of that accounts to taste, but also just mechanic-wise, I don't fucking like RTS games. Yeah. They're not for me. But I don't sit there and go, man, I wish an RTS came out and, you know, decided to be an action game. Because that's fucking dumb. Yeah. It, it takes away what the RTS is. Now, the difference here, and I, I can already hear the argument, I'm not disabled. I can I can play an RTS game. I just don't like RTS. Right. That's more of a preference thing, I think. Versus um, someone who has slower motor functions probably can't play Bloodborne because it is fast and aggressive. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's like, well, what about like, and obviously it's very different. And I, I feel like somebody like Miyazaki could figure it out, but having a slider where it's like, well, it, it makes the game reactionary. Like the reaction time, you could like the reaction time for enemies. You can slide, do sliders for that. I don't know, but that's the thing is. I, I feel like it would just be a thing where you just tweak the enemy UI for something like that. I think that could work well. The thing is, and, I, and I, this is the problem with we we always bring up like the Soulsborne stuff mm-hmm. because they're the ones that they're always, always at the forefront of the argument. So those games are built with one difficulty in mind, mm-hmm. and it makes the game way easier to develop one because they all they have to do is just and, and they, that's the thing is when you play a Dark Souls or I, more specifically Dark Souls Three, Bloodborne, um, and I'm assuming Elden Ring, Sector has this too. The game is built specifically for one difficulty, and every boss and enemy is built to, it, to an extent where this is how much damage they do, this is their this is their moveset. There is a clear way to beat them. Here you go. Whereas I feel like once you start adding those variables, you make it too hard, well now you're fucked, good luck. Yeah. Versus you make it too easy, 
well now it's like well ah uh, this the balance is off like there are ways where i think you can and, and again if somebody wants to make the more approachable souls game i fully want them to if that's your vision do it mm -hmm. but if you also the thing is with miyazaki like again the reason he makes these games like this and i read this in an article is because he learned to speak english by reading english novels without knowing what english meant yeah he his mom knew a little bit and so then he just used context to figure the rest of it out he self-taught himself english which is a hard language to learn apparently yeah it's it's one of the hardest you can do because you know pronunciation mm -hmm. and you know how many how many forms of a word we have yeah there there and there i just said three different words but you know you wouldn't know um where he learned that by himself by figuring it out and so he he makes games with that same mentality in mind mm -hmm. that's what demon souls that's what dark souls and bloodborne are about oh you're losing you good figure out how to win there's no hints fucking do it and that's that's the idea of behind his games and i like that again not all of them are for me i fucking hate dark souls 2 and I, i'm not a big fan of dark souls 1 but i loved 3 and i loved bloodborne yeah me too not the biggest fan of sekiro but you know so fun but i loved those games because of that that thing of figure it out yeah figure out a way to do it and again that's the thing is i i understand the mentality that like hey you, you shouldn't you know push someone away from gaming mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like not every game has to be for everyone yeah right and that's i think my argument is yeah if miyazaki wanted to come out and said you know what we're making this game accessible as hell good if he came out and just said, look, this is the way it is. These are the games I want to make. Good. Let him keep doing that. You don't have to sit there and try to cram an easy mode down his throat by guilt tripping him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want everyone to experience Bloodborne. I think that game is fucking phenomenal. But at the same time, I also understand one of the reasons why that game is phenomenal is because of how little it tells you anything. Yeah. Including how to beat something, where to get something... And it's lore. You have to figure that shit out on your own. Go find videos. Go look at the descriptions. Go find it. Like, it's tell it's giving you the bare minimum and saying, figure it out. That's the whole point of that game. That's why that game hits so well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you made it, quote-unquote, as a lot of people are saying, more accessible in their way, which is easier, put more story in there, whatever, it wouldn't hit the same. Yeah. I think... For me, I look at it more from a hardware standpoint than anything, because um, I automatically think of uh, physical disability. Um, a lot of you probably know this already, but I have muscular dystrophy. A lot of my friends have it a lot worse than I do. So I've always been pretty passionate about adaptive controllers. Dude, okay, I was about to say this and continue with the Xbox controller. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where I'm going. Xbox has been phenomenal in the last couple of years regarding that that big pad that they did that's great they have a rig that you can set up in order for an actual controller where it's just like you know it ties to your fingers so the smallest little micro movements can do an action um i think we need a lot more of that and then you know shine a light on it and this argument is not going to be half as heavy as it is now and, that, and that's the thing is is none of these people are sitting like I, i've seen the argument i forget i forget his name but he's like the advocate for this um i think you know what i'm talking about he's kind of in that wheelchair yeah i, I cannot remember his name i've seen he's done uh he's done a lot of videos on yeah. this sort of stuff and 
he's been very vocal that like we're not asking to take away your favorite games we're just asking to be a part of it and that's my thing too is i'm like look at least give people the chance yeah while also maintaining artistic integrity to what the game is i think games should be accessible to at the same time, I fully understand why they're not. Yeah. Where it's like, if somebody wants to make a fun... Like, a good example I look at is, like, Mario titles. Mm-hmm. Those games can be easy as hell. They can also be difficult. Yeah. But it just depends on which game you get. And, like, that. But there's so many variety... There's so much variety there that you can pick the ones you want. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> a good example of this, too... Uh, the Spider-Man games, right? There's those little puzzle things. Yeah, you can you, just skip right yeah, over Yeah, you can those. skip it. If you're not good at puzzles, your brain just doesn't work that way, skip it. But if you like that stuff, you're going to sit there and do them because you're like, yeah, this is this is my thing. I love these little mix and match, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they give you the option to skip them. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's, it's a discussion I think people need to have because, yeah... I want more people to play video games. I want more people to experience the same video games I I have. But at the same time, there is a level of... Like, one of my favorite games is Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. Those games are... Like, granted, they ha- the newer ones have an automatic mode. But those games are meant to be button match... Like, not button match, but like combo-heavy action titles where it is all about how stylish your character can look. Mm-hmm. And the game gives you an automatic mode. You do not have to use that mode. And the game will straight up tell you. And to and to an extent, they do penalize your score a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can still get S ranks with yeah. doing it. But they have the option there. And I don't have to use it. And that's the thing where it's like, it doesn't break the game. It just makes the combos easier to do. The enemies are still as difficult as they are. You still have to dodge. You still have to do other stuff. This is now just one less thing your fingers and your brain, like all that, have to worry about. And And the way I I look at it is like, in a game like that, when you have the automatic mode and then the classic mode, you should feel more accomplished because they're both there and you chose the harder path yeah. and we're still able to do it. And that, that's the thing for me. It's like, I love Devil May Cry 5. I've played on both. I did I did pretty much a normal playthrough on regular, just learn the combos, and I did an automatic. And to me, automatic is way too easy. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's there, I think, is cool. Yeah. Like, if anyone could go in and, like, anyone who, like, especially because, yeah messing around and moving your thumbs all over controller and having to memorize all these button presses is not going to be easy for everybody. There's some people who just will, cannot do it. Mm-hmm. But hey, I'm one of the lucky, I guess, who can, but that doesn't mean that I want someone who can't not to come in. Right. Whereas, and again, this is why I bring back the artistic vision. The vision of Devil May Cry is looking as cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. And, if you, and it doesn't matter how you do it, as long as you do it. Right, and if you do it with an automatic button or not, who cares? You know what I mean. You're still looking cool as hell, and you can. And even even when I was playing with automatic on, I still felt cool. Yeah, because you're still you because st- you still can't just button mash and be done. You still have to dodge. You still have to, you like you still have to you know grab enemies and do other other things. But it was like, hey, here's just a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. And so that's that is a good example of of I think accessibility, because. That's just, I mean, like, because, yeah, I don't have to do it. I didn't know it was a thing until I accidentally turned it on. I was like, oh, shit, cool. Yeah. And there you go. But, I, yeah, I think I think the the talks need to happen because 
yeah, I think there is a middle ground people can have with this. Mm-hmm. I just think not a lot of people are saying anything because I, th- I don't know. There's some assholes out there, and there's some, and a lo- I think there's bad people on both sides. On one hand, there was definitely an, a, an articles where it's like, okay, you're you're just a journalist who wants to play this game way faster yeah. to get the review out. Uh, but on other, on the other hand, you're just being an asshole for disabled people. Mm-hmm. So like. There's assholes on both sides, but there's very clear these people want the same thing, and there is a middle ground. There is a way we can have our cake and eat it too in this case. Yeah. I think there just needs to be a general, you know, vibe of, look, not every game will be for everyone, but now we're making a point to go, but this one can be played by colorblind people. Mm-hmm. This one can be played with people with, with muscular Muscular dystrophy. Muscular? Mustard. Uh, Mustard dystrophy. Mustard discography. Uh, (laughs) But like like that way, where it's like, okay, maybe I can't play this one, but I can play this one. Maybe you can't play this one, but you can play this one. Like that's that's the thing where there are now so many games out there. And Microsoft is doing a good job of this too, where, yeah, that invincibility mode, I guarantee you, was a thing Microsoft asked them to do because they put out the adaptive control. They're very adamant about being adaptive for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of their games, but like are like that, but they're not going to risk the other things. Like Halo Infinite is still going to be competitive as hell. Yeah. And they're not going to they're not going to like push that down for disability's sake because they're like, look, there's really not a way to make competitive Halo more ex- you know, accepting of disability. Right. Whereas when you get into online play, it gets a lot more muddled. And like, and that's just how shooters are. Mm-hmm. However, when you get into a game, it's like Super Lucky's Tale, or get into, I would argue, like a game like Recore, or probably a game because I, I doubt it will have multiplayer, but I could be wrong. Like a game like Fable. Yeah. You could probably make that. Hey, we're gonna do a lot of accessibility options here mm-hmm. because you can. And you don't have to worry about balancing with yep. people online. So yeah, and so and and that's why I think Microsoft is doing the best at it because they're and, and PlayStation. Last I actually looked it up, Last of Us Part Two has a lot of that. They actually have a good amount of accessibility options, and but it doesn't take away from the game. That's good because I remember during the Game Awards, we, we got real we were upset like, about what that. What the fuck did they even do? Yeah, I, I went and checked. There's actually more there than I think people realize. Uh, but that's good. And then yeah, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I don't know about Watch Dogs Legion, but like the first thing that game does is here's all these options. Tweak them to your heart's content. There's a stealth difficulty and a combat difficulty. So if you mm. if you are very shit at combat, really good at stealth, figure that out there. But they also have other things like you know colorblind modes and do you want text to speak and other things here. And <clears throat> that's I think what needs to happen. It's yeah. just more of those options, but also to understand that not every game will have them due to the nature of the game. Mm-hmm. A competitive shooter is just not accessible yeah. to the disabled community because of the competitive nature. Um, <clears throat> but a game like a platformer or a pretty just run-of-the-mill action-adventure game mm-hmm. probably is more accessible to that. Because unless the the point of them is to be difficult, Celeste is not a very accessible game. Yeah, this is difficult as shit. Yeah, and but it but it's accessible in other ways, i.e., being very LGBTQ friendly and things like that. So again, accessibility will show up, but not in like every game has to follow a guideline of accessibility. Mm-hmm. Because then I th- I think once every game just kind of feels the same, you lose that magic. Yeah, there's a reason why Dark Souls is so. 
loved because of the people who go in play it and they can go to their co the community by the way the souls community is one of the most welcoming communities because instead of going get good scrub they go hey man here's a really good tutorial for this boss here's a really good guide i recommend reading this up hey and also if you want anything they're very welcoming now they are <laughs> well, yeah now Back in the 360 days, well, not yeah, so much. To, yeah, to be fair. But, but like, that was any community then. Well, yeah, to be fair, the 360 and PS3 era had the most toxicity yeah. in a lot of games. But 100%. Um, but yeah, I think end of the day, everybody wants to play games. Everybody wants to be welcome. And I think we should make a strive for that. At the same time, also with the idea that it's not going to be every game. Mm -hmm. But if we can try, at least with games where it makes sense, I think we, we will definitely reach a better understanding. Because that's all it is. They just want to be involved. Yeah. And and I don't think we should take that away. If they want to use an invincibility mode because they're more about the cool platforming part of Psychonauts, awesome. Yeah. I don't think that matters. I'm not going to use the invincibility mode because I don't want to. And you don't have to. Yeah, I don't have to. It's th there's no hindrance for me. Mm -hmm. I don't care about achievements, so I definitely don't care that, oh no, the invincibility, whatever. So yeah, I just think, yeah, people welcome other people. And, and also, uh, as someone who is an abled gamer, mm -hmm. the thing that I can do is help disabled gamers to find games that work for them. To yeah. Go, hey, <clears throat> I know you have a problem with this. Here's a game that's really good with that. Um, hey, I know you have this problem and you have like cramps that in uh, problems with your, in, you know, joints. Here's a game that's very lax on things like that, mm -hmm. but still kind of has that vibe of this. That's kind of where we need to come in is just as a community, help each other out. Yeah, community is a big thing um, with gaming in general. And I feel like it's very splintered a lot of yep. the time with, you know, console wars and all this shit. But. Thankfully, we're seeing a lot of this less so because most people just call it out when it's shown. Yeah. But, yeah. It, there, there is still this tribe mentality of well, my my plastic box is way better than your plastic box, or well, my game is harder than yours, therefore it is better. Yeah. It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. It, look, enjoy what you want to, like, do what you want just don't be an asshole it's it's one of the, it's the thing we like we're gonna bring up on our podcast <laughs> i don't care your walk of life i don't care what you know your belief system just don't be a dick be a dick don't well, be yeah, an yeah, asshole don't be an asshole but be a dick you know what i mean because yeah it's like you can have fun and you can poke fun mm -hmm. when you start putting venom behind things yeah when there's actual hate behind those words and it's not just a friendly ribbing yeah then you like, got a problem yeah and that's the thing and it's the same thing with this it's like look the disabled community just wants to be a part of games mm -hmm. and as someone who is abled all i want to do is make sure that they're welcome yeah and that's all it is like you don't like there's gonna be games that are made with disabled people in mind mm -hmm. and those games are probably still gonna be fun yeah but of course. you know what it's just that's just probably it, who knows that might not be a game for me but that's not the point mm-hmm like if if you make a game like i've mentioned before where hey you know what this game is for the lgbtq audience it's not for me i can probably still enjoy it but it's not for me yeah and i i fully would get that i'm not gonna sit there and go well how come you don't have a straight character to play as like what the fuck dude yeah no, i don't care like i'll i'll go hey that's cool that's a game for you guys awesome because I can look back at the thousands of years of gaming where here's the straight white dude as the protagonist. Yeah, looking to the left with a gun in his hand. 
every single box art is just white dude looking slightly off camera with gun static background fucking the witcher 3 yeah uncharted 4 cyberpunk max Payne 3 every call of duty bioshock infinite mad max mass effect i'm just reading things on the shelf <laughs> That's different, but hey. Steelbook, but he's still looking. Hey, I, I was gonna say, the, I think the Yakuza series has a bit of a difference, but still. Yeah, they look center. They look they look center, and then there's cool shit behind them. Yeah, it's but, not just one color. Yeah, thankfully. That was my biggest problem with Cyberpunk's and Witchers. It's just like, fucking hell, dude. Come on, really? Yeah. Like, your, your thing is Night City, and you just go, yellow background. I love that loading screen. They should have made that the thing where it's like him on the hill above the city with the car and the gun. That would have been way better, I think. Oh, yeah. No doubt. But, yeah. Just don't be a dick. Or, no. Don't be an asshole. Be a dick, but don't be an asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we're going to end it there. So, we got both topics that I wanted to get, which is great. Yeah. We um, knocked through them. And, yeah. You know, guys, be, be, be kind to each other, you know? I think I think a big problem with nowadays nobody listens. It's all just very much let me yell what I want. Yeah, and, echo chamber yeah. for my ideas. <laughs> yeah, and I think if people just kind of listened, there'd be way it, it'd be way easier. I feel like we come to more common ground instead of everybody yell. And that's with anything, right? Yeah. But especially in the gaming community, it's it's very much like if we just sat down and talked, <laughs> we probably wouldn't have this vitriolic response to something. Mm-hmm. Unless you're another games of service game, then fuck you. Yeah. I'm Assassin's so Creed Infinity is going to take away all that accessibility that uh, Valhalla had. Yeah, for real? No. Just look. We accept everybody here, unless you're Marvel's Avengers. Fuck that game. Yeah. If you like that game, we don't want you as a fan. <laughs> no. Unless you're non-binary. Yeah. Then you're cool. You get the pass, right? <laughs> Even if you like Avengers, it's like, but hey, you know what? Let's get that number up. <laughs> that sounds bad. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, it's all it's all love here. It's all jokes. But uh, yeah, anything else you want to add today? Anything uh, fun? No. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm I'm lame. Fair enough. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Stay, fa stay, stay, stay faithful. Stay <laughs> 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 I want to go in like full cult speech now, but I, I can't bring myself to do it. Oh, anyway, stay. The end is coming. <laughs> Eden's Gate will save us all. And take it sleazy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>